Traveling the Vortex. As he travels the vortex and prays protocol, we've arrived at episode number 388. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. Protocol be praised. Protocol be praised. How are you guys? Good. Very good. Did you guys have a good week? A week. I've had a headache since Friday that I can't shake. But Oh, that's not good. No, so I'm going to the doctor tomorrow. That's probably a good idea. Give a brain looked at. Do you want me to stomp on your foot? Oh, you think that'll make me forget about my headache? Yep. Okay. <laughs> no. Because <laughs> then I'll go to the doctor and I'll say, I've got this headache. And, and he'll say, oh, we'll hurts. see if we can look at this. I say, oh, and can you also look at my foot? Yeah. Thought I'd offer. It's very kind of you. I know. What did you guys do this weekend? <laughs> or week, I suppose. Well, we celebrated Jim's actual birthday on Monday yeah. by going to Kansas City uh, to the aquarium. The Sea Life Aquarium. That's a you t- took her across state lines? We did. <gasps> Her she first she belongs to, to them, so it's, <laughs> it's legal. That. Her first trip to Missouri. We did that with a friend growing up that um, they were divorced and didn't even think about it. Took their daughter to Worlds of Fun with us. <laughs> then about the time we crossed the line, my mom went, <gasps> <laughs> Oops. Oh, well. But we wandered around Crown Center because she passed out as we pulled into the <laughs> downtown area. Of course. And then... Uh, Started going through the Sea Life Aquarium, and she woke up, so we went through it a second time. And she really liked it. Cool. She liked looking at all the fish and trying to touch the glass. And she had a lot of fun, I think. Car riding back home, not so much, but... Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Well, she'd had her nap, and you should have woken her yeah, up when she you got in the car. She didn't want to go back to sleep was the problem on the way home. Yeah. See any movies? We watched The Hitman's Bodyguard. Did you like it? It was pretty good. It was pretty funny. It wasn't hilarious, but it was enjoyable. I I think, like, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang or The Nice Guys are funnier movies. I'd give you that. The dialogue is funnier, but the situations in Hitman's Bodyguard was, I think, a little funnier. It's just the interaction for Sam Jackson. And yeah. It, that's really what it is. It's not, I don't care who these characters are. I came to see Samuel L. Jackson and Ryan Reynolds. Right. <laughs> and and there were a couple of moments that really had me laughing hard. So, Anything else? See any other movies? No. We, uh, Did you finish Luke Cage finally? No, but I am on ep- ready for episode eight or so. Okay. So I, I'm so plowing there. through. Yeah. Over halfway. And really enjoying it. I think I can see where you're talking about the dip. Because I think I'm about to hit the dip. Uh-huh. Um, uh, I think you're kind of in the dip. <laughs> I think you're kind of. Things have felt like they should have come to a conclusion. Yes, yes. You're, and now you're they're, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm ready to get yeah, You get to a point where you're like, um, basically there's when, three more episodes, four more episodes. When, when they torch the townhouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> that you won't remember when you get there. Yeah, yeah you, wanna, you haven't even so started Daredevil. So. <laughs> Anything else? That's about it. Sean, did you do anything this week? Uh, we went and saw Won't You Be My Neighbor. Yeah. Because it's finally here in town. How was that? <sighs> so I told Glenn, there, there's a review that's, or a tweet or something that somebody posted, and they said, so about 90 seconds into this movie, <laughs> they pull the box out, and they open the box, and they pull Trolley out, and put him on the track. And that's when I started sobbing. <laughs> Knowing that scene was coming didn't matter. 
they pulled the box out. And I went, oh, that's the box. I know what's in the box. <laughs> and then they opened the box, and it was Trolley, and I started sobbing. <laughs> it was just, it's amazing. It is one of the best films of the year, and it's really, really good. Um, and it just, it, it really, it just it, once again, it showcases, you didn't really realize how important to the world Fred Rogers was until he wasn't around. Yeah. You know? And I, that's that's why everything's horrible right now because Mr. Rogers is not on TV. <laughs> well, that, they're kind of trying to keep his tradition alive with Daniel Tiger. Yeah, the Daniel Tiger's neighborhood is a, the first time I saw it. I thought to myself, this is a very non-offensive, uh, not quite substitute, but it's in the same spirit. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's a worthy successor in a way. Yeah. Um, but uh, this was just a fascinating documentary into you know his life and times and the show and it was it was just really really good and it was I was verklempt through a lot of it <laughs> I'm not gonna lie um and then we went and saw Ant-Man and the Wasp last night what'd you think of it I enjoyed it I thought it was a lot of fun it's a uh it's a pleasant bowl of sorbet as a palate cleanser after the meat that was uh <laughs> the Avengers <laughs> it's just kind of a fun little movie it does its own thing and Nice. Two two uh, two scenes post credits. So. Yeah. Make sure you stick around. I saw it too this weekend, and and just I had a blast. Oh, that was a lot of fun. It just, it's, it's probably as funny as the first film. Um, I kind of felt like Luis needed a little more of a role, but um, uh, yeah, just yeah, well, that, just as much fun. I was a little worried that they were going to overuse him this time because he was so and they popular don't. in the last time. And they so don't. I'm glad to yeah. hear that. They they they. They railed back a bit. I don't. I don't know if it's that so much as maybe it is that the. I, I feel like the visual panache of his scenes in the first one weren't quite there in For this, this one. one. Yeah, and I don't like know the why. relaying but, of the messages. Yeah, but I also think because that's the only visual thing I can think of his scenes. Yeah, I think too though they've kind of evolved the character a bit too, so maybe that's why they didn't could go be. with that. So and it, it it could be too. I don't know how much of that is maybe a leftover from Edgar Wright. Because I, I still too. think yeah. Ant-Man feels like an Edgar Wright film. Yeah. Um, and this one's all Peyton Reed. And so it's Peyton Reed, isn't it? Yeah. His yeah. name. Yep. Um, and so maybe that has something to do with it, that he didn't want to repeat the shtick, you know, as it were. But he yeah. felt like he had to do something. I, I don't know. I'm not. But it was enjoyable. Wow. It is truth serum. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um. Yeah, and then we, we spent yesterday with my dad celebrating his 71st birthday. Uh, it's actually today is his birthday, but they went out of town because they went to a uh, memorial for my mom's sister-in-law's dad. Uh, and then today we we went out to lunch, and then we went out to Echo Cliff Park, which I hadn't been out there in about 23, 24 years before Holly and I were even married. Um it's this really pretty little park out by Dover, and it's got this gorgeous scenery, and there's this big giant cliff edge that is, you know, sandstone, obviously, because we're pretty much home to sandstone, native <laughs> stone. Um, it's gorgeous if you've never been out there. I I've never recommend. been out there. I, mean, I recommend going out there. It's it's relatively easy to find. Is there an echo off of this There's cliff? an echo if you stand on one side. There's a creek that runs through. That was what he's most disappointed with, is the creek has hardly any water in it right now, which is a lot yeah. better. Last time I was out there was a big old rope swing on a tree and you could run out there and jump on that rope swing and, you know, drop down into the creek. And the creek, number one, you wouldn't want to do that because 
There's no water in the creek. <laughs> but number two, the, I can see why there's no rope up there anymore because the tree that it was hanging from is completely dead. And I'm sure that oh, right. branch broke off. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much it. Um, I've been watching uh, some blogs and stuff, but that's about it on YouTube. Nice. All right, well, let's move on to news. News. There's oh, a... wait, I should mention, since oh, well. we mentioned uh, last week, too. Uh, for my birthday this week, Sean got me, well, my birthday was actually two weeks ago, but for my birthday uh, today, Sean got me a book called The Art of Atari, which is a very, very cool book that encompasses all of the box art from all of the uh, cartridges and games they had and has a little bit of history of uh, Atari 2600. Yeah, thank you again for that. You're very, very welcome. Cool. I had never I had no idea this thing even exist and it was a thing I didn't know that I want that I always wanted. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the best kind. Those are the best. All right, let's move on to news now. Well, the BBC is going to court to try to identify the leaker or those in responsible for leaking clips of Jody Whittaker's first full episode as the doctor. And you guys haven't seen the clip? I have not. I have not. It's a 53-second clip. 53 seconds. That's what it feels more like. Which you is said th- 90 earlier, yeah, and I thought, I, I didn't feel like it was that long. But Which is thought to be from the debut episode of the new series, was unofficially released online, and it has since been removed. Okay, so BBC is going to court to try and identify... So they requested that a clerk at a California federal court issue a subpoena to a mobile community platform in the U.S. to in order to get the information allowing them to identify the source of the leak. Ah, okay. So the communication company's not in trouble, but they want a subpoena so that they can get the information of the IP address, presumably, sure. of the first person that leaked this footage. Right. Just going to court is the part that threw me because it's like, well, if you don't know who did it, what do you? Who are you prosecuting? <laughs> <laughs> Well, they haven't prosecuting anybody yet. They're yeah, just trying to get that no, subpoena to get the we're information. Going to, right. we're, we're investigating. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right, right. That's, that's, that was the word I needed. The, fir- the first step would be to go to a judge and get a subpoena so that you can get the information that yeah, you need right. in order to further. Yeah, I put so the, if, I put if the cart you're the one the out there that put, first put that up, leak footage up, watch out. The BBC's coming. That's right. <laughs> They're going to get you. I think it's probably about time they started actually going after the leak. Well, I think it's or... funny that, that for years and years and years, of course, the BBC to its own... <laughs> <laughs> to its own failure yes, has, has made a lot of our own. a lot of goofs and gr- but to be fair the one that the last major one that leaked when they were getting it uh translated uh for spanish speaking markets that really wasn't their fault but no. it ended up happening so to, oh, no, and even in 2013 when they released the blu-ray disc of the well, season that their, before, that was really that was their, their fault that was that's too. what i'm saying that was yeah. their fault but to be fair the the one with the spin I was just want to say for they've made a lot of mistakes, but to be fair, that one was not their fault. The one right. with the Spanish uh, translation. Just, just but, imagine there's some guy named Dave down in the you know <laughs> marketing department that went, oh, I accidentally posted that online. I didn't think about it, and then this story comes out. Well, good, I'm safe there. <laughs> <laughs> They're on a wild goose chase looking at California. <laughs> so anyway. Uh, that being said, I, I guess I'm I'm a little encouraged to see that the BBC is is taking some action. I I I kind of feel bad that some poor schlup's going to end up taking the fall for this. But on the flip side, if it was a genuine leak and it doesn't need to be out there, then right. they, they finally are doing something about it. Yeah. You know, I I can't say that I do feel sorry for some poor schlup because it's like you guys. Well, no, it's it, wrong. It, it, it falls into that whole. 
we're, we're the, the entitlement, the self-obsessed, yes, absorbed culture with pop anything anymore. It's just like, let it go, guys. The movie's coming out. I guess my point is... And I we're feel... going to get 10,000 BuzzFeed articles about when it's going to come out and what it might entail. It's like, who cares? Just let it come out and be a thing. It'll be a good slap on the wrist, and I think that's why I'm encouraged that the BBC is going mm-hmm. after it. I feel bad. I should explain. I feel bad for, for some poor schlub because it's probably some young teenage kid... <laughs> That doesn't know what kind of penalty is coming because right. they've been soft for so many years on yeah. this kind of thing. Yeah. And it's been a slap on the wrist. for. But if, if they're really going that far with it, it sounds like maybe they intend to dole out some harsh penalty as well. So that's why I feel or at bad. Or at the very least, give a stern talking to once they track them down. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> they, well, are, they are British. <laughs> if anything... <laughs> Now, if, look here, Reggie. That just wasn't very kosher. If anything, though, yeah, I think it, it also sends a signal out there that they're serious about this kind yeah, of thing, and yeah. I think that's the most important that's thing. That's the most important yeah, part. Yeah, absolutely. The, the, the notification that, yeah, we're not going to take it anymore. Right. <laughs> In other news, uh, Big Finish uh, announced the 11th Doctor Chronicles, which is four narrated stories set in the 11th Doctor era. One of which will feature Dorian Moldavar. Simon Fisher Becker is coming. Friend of the show. Back. That's Simon right. And another story will feature a young Kazran Sardek <clears throat> from Christmas Carol. Played by Michael Gambon? No, young. Young. Played by the guy that played him young? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we have no idea who that actor is, but. <laughs> but yay, he's back too. Maybe we need to get him on the show so he can be a friend of the show and remember who he is. He's probably the one that leaked the footage. <laughs> Danny Horn is his Danny name. Danny Horn. That so sounds the, like a perfect excuse to have uh, Simon back on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. We should because we haven't talked to him in a while. See what he thinks of Jacob Dudman doing the narration and the doctor. Yeah. I hear he's a good impersonation. Is that right? Yeah. That'll be interesting. So that's coming out in August. Pretty quick, next month. Is there any indication uh, that um, why Matt is not back? Is he just too busy with his other projects, and this is kind of a side thing? Or um, Matt Smith? Yeah, he's not done. He's never done any big finish, big finish so. yet. Well, that's what I mean. Though he can't just, be back though. To be, to be oh, yeah, coming back, back to, to Doctor Who. Oh, I, is, see, is, I see. Yeah, I, I I don't know. There's no indication. Okay. Because they've also done a tenth Doctor version of this and a ninth Doctor version. Now, of course, ninth without, Doctor Christopher Eccleston. Without Eccleston, but, and without Tennant. Yeah. yeah. Even though they have Tennant as the, the the Doctor in Big Finish, anyways. So well, catch him sometimes. Well, he's done box sets, <laughs> right? He as has, the tenth Doctor, he has done some tenth Doctor audios. Yeah. And there's still yet going to be a Companion Chronicles, or it's come it's come out one of the two. But this isn't a Companion there. Chronicles. Well, no, this is the, an Eleventh Doctor Chronicles. Tenth Doctor Chronicles. It's going to be the same format. There's a Tenth Doctor version too, without David Tennant. Okay. And there's a Ninth Doctor, right? So what, which what is the, out already. What are the What are the Tenth Doctor ones with David Tennant called? Those the are the Tenth Doctor Adventures. Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's not confusing. So the Chronicles are always something that doesn't have the main act, the main person being the Doctor. Okay. If you notice. Yeah, there you go. Companion Chronicles never have the the, the okay. actor being the doctor. It's, as long it's, as it's, it's uniform, narr- I can. It's narrated. I can, I can, I can get behind Although that. the exception is the third doctor. Oh, no. Because <laughs> those are the third doctor adventures, and Trim Trelore is narrating and being the doctor. Oh, that's true, yeah. 
that the third doctor is the exception to the rule. But you're right that Chronicles has never had yes. the yeah. actual doctor. So yeah. still applies. Still applies. We now return to the real Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it for news. All right. Well, don't forget you can subscribe to us on uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, the Google Play Store. We're also available on Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, and we're still hoping to get onto Spotify. So if you're a Spotify user, keep your ears out because we hopefully will be there soon. All right, we got feedback. We do? We do. Don't we? No. Oh, no feedback. No feedback this week. Maybe maybe um, Sean should come up with a feedback plea song. Please send us feedback. Ooh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Maybe if you did a song, people would send Asking feedback. Asking for feedback, yeah. Please send feedback. We want some feedback. Please send some feedback. And we'll read... It out again. So maybe if, if Sean put some thought into a song <laughs> and put it, no, actually hey, you got of, him to sing. I'm kind of impressed with that. That's Off not bad. The cuff. I didn't think that was that too was, bad. I, I liked it. All right. Well, if they want to ask uh, Sean to sing, that is the if Beatles they want game. to ask Sean to sing some more, <laughs> or if they want to just send us some general feedback, what do they do? Can I think can... we should be saying, if you don't want me to sing anymore, you better send. Some <laughs> All right. If you don't want him to sing, whichever way, way weigh me. in on what you think of Sean's feet, uh, singing by going <laughs> to <feet>. our website. <laughs> Did you say feet? Oh, feet. feet. You were going to say feedback. feedback. I got you. Yeah, feedback. I thought you said what, his, what you think of Sean's his, feet. His, Sean singing. What do you think of Sean's feet? By going and submitting feedback. <laughs> On our website, TravelingTheVortex.com. Just fill out the Send Us Feedback tab or send it directly to feedback at TravelingTheVortex.com. Every time, all I hear now is feedback. <laughs> I blame him. Feet, I'm feet, watching you say it, and you're enunciating. with a D. Sean wants his feedback. You, you are enunciating, <laughs> but all I hear is feedback. I've been looking at the uh, statistics for the podcast, and I know that we have some new listeners because... Uh, I've seen some evidence of it. So if you're new to the podcast, you've just started listening, thank you. And uh, we hope you stick around and enjoy it. And if you haven't already, like us on any form of social media. Absolutely. We're we're out there everywhere. For those of you that do subscribe to the podcast and you want to help us out financially, you can do so by going to our website, TravelingVortex.com, and you can click on that Patreon button and give us a little cash because every little bit helps. Every little bit of it goes right back into this uh, podcast. Helps keep us uh, on the uh, interwebs. So... We appreciate those that are already supporters. And we're going to have some more content coming soon. We know that's been kind of on the back burner and negated, but we have more Patreon-exclusive content that we're working on, and we'll get that up there as soon as well. It hasn't intentionally been on the back burner. It's just kind of happened. Right, right. right. No, we haven't. That's, that's our fault. We're horrible. <laughs> yeah, we, we just haven't gotten around to it because we get busy, but uh, we are actively working on that now. All right. I guess the next thing to do then is move on to our review this week. What yes. are we reviewing this week? Well, a couple of Eighth Doctor audios. First up, the scapegoat. Willkommen, Bill. I, I can't do it. <laughs> Is it in German? Bienvenue. Welcome to the Theater des. Oh wait, no, Baruch. it would've been French, wouldn't it? It was in France, so. Yeah, but isn't Willkommen? Oh, it would be because it was the uh, Nazis like invading cabaret. Right? They had. Uh, <laughs> that's right. They had. Uh, I don't know. Welcome but, to the Theater de Baroque. Is that one up next first? Yeah. Yeah. Scapegoat. Scapegoat was first. Hmm. Did you I, listen to him out of order? I totally listened to him in the wrong order. Oh, yeah. Scape Not that it matters. First. I'd heard him before, but yeah. okay. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> well, and one doesn't relate to the other. Not right. really. Yeah. Oh, but if you think you've seen and heard it all, 
all that Paris by night has to offer, the exotic sights of Le Moulin Rouge, perhaps, or the horror tricks of Le Grand... I should well, have your, read your French is not good at all. Why would you ask me to read it? My Jean, French is very Jean, much Jean not Phil on par French with your twice. French. Le Grand Guignon? I was being nice. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and we appreciate your estimates. But, <laughs> but they're way underwent. Anderson. <laughs> I'm going to plow through. All okay, right, plow through, Keith. You got if it. you think nothing could cause your mouth to We're losing dry French listeners as we speak. <laughs> and your heart to pound, you're wrong. Ladies and gentlemen, madames and messoirs, not forgetting our honored <laughs> guests from Mesoirs? the guest Messoirs? Monsieur. I've never seen that word spelled out. <laughs> honored guests from the Gestapo. Tonight, it is my privilege to present to you the star of the theater, Baroque. A man who has died on stage near 10,000 times. The most assassinated man in the world. Max Paul. A very unfrench name. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> and joining him in a play- playlet we call The Executioner's Son. From Blackpool, England. The enchanting Lucy Miller. Ah, la belle Lucy. Oh my gosh, how long is this? <laughs> We're almost done. <laughs> okay. She's got no idea what she's let herself in for. <laughs> you should feel faint. Or nauseous, never feel. Tonight, we have a doctor in the house. Just pray he lasts till the interval. (laughs) That all would have been so much better if I could have done it in a French accent. (laughs) Much worse. (laughs) Sacre bleu. Just pray he lasts until the interval. (laughs) Why? Why a French accent? (laughs) Because it's in French. Wow. All right. Oh, I just made a corn dog <laughs> joke. Oh, the review of this is going to be much better than the actual audio itself because I didn't like this one that much. You didn't like this no, one. No, I didn't like this one. I wasn't too impressed by it either. Well, it started off with anthropomorphized goats, so <laughs> it hardly had a strike against it with me. At least they were disguised some of the time. <laughs> and you couldn't tell. At least you couldn't see that they some were goats the constantly. <laughs> I, no, I mean, it just. I think it was the whole, we have this like, (laughs) we have this race of goat people from another planet that (laughs) evolved into having some sort of bloodlust. And the idea was to have a scapegoat in order to, yeah, in order to satisfy that bloodlust so that it just, it was, it was a weak premise and it just seems kind of seems silly. It came off dumb. I, I kind of liked that they were trying to go to this whole, you know, theater of the macabre um, idea because that was kind of a thing. And I think even to a point, it's kind of resurfaced in, in Europe, and especially in France. But it's things like that always trouble me anyway. I think that that's it's kind of weird that people are fascinated with that as an art form. Like that but, one guy's wife. Yeah, yeah. But um, especially when you're in occupied France and there's atrocity, real life atrocities going on around right. you to be fascinated with something like that. But other than that, I mean, that's just that's a personal opinion. But that was another strike is it just kind of set me off because I was like, yeah, that's just morbid. And I don't I think that's weird. But it, it just felt like a really weak plot. Let's let's rope some bystander in to perform on in our show because she's a good screamer. Now, it's kind of revealed that there's more to it, that they've roped the, the doctor into this because he has a TARDIS and they needed something for their machine to 
suck power from in order to continue to work. But it just it was weird. It, it was just bizarre that they they this weird premise of having one guy that constantly basically dying. yeah constantly dies in order to satisfy some bloodlust and and then to go into the whole Bane thing and the, the the mother who just tunes things out and and just hears what she wants. It was just it was it was random. It was. It was sloppy. It was chaotic, in my opinion. You're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would agree. <laughs> Very thorough. Well, good. I thought I was alone here <laughs> no, for a no, minute. No, no. Sean kept looking at me like, you didn't like this? <laughs> I, the first time I listened to this, I saw The Scapegoat as the title. And it was very much a case of judging a book by its cover. My first thought was, oh, this is going to be eh, something weird. And then it had actual goats. And I was like, oh. <laughs> then as I went through it, I was like, well, at least you're doing something with it. Yeah. I mean, you know, I guess points for effort <laughs> because it, it, it it's not what it's not what I thought. And and to, to your point, you know, we've got this theater of the macabre. We've got horrible. I mean, we've got a beheading on stage, a legit one, and the audience is enthralled. This one woman is into it. And then later in the second act, the Nazis show up, and she's like, oh, my God. It's like, where are your values? <laughs> that is, I mean, I guess it does show how bad the Nazis are. Yeah, that's this, true. This is not so bad. This is horrible. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, yeah, just, uh, like I said, you're, the, the, the premise of having a scapegoat, that we're, you're just going to be the recipient of all of the bad, that t- doesn't work for me. I just I can't really fathom how you're supposed to make that happen. The idea that the scapegoat is an unlucky person and nothing ever goes right for them. It's like, okay, I can... The, 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 the little tiny nugget of that premise that don't you know that every classroom has somebody that has like this or every workplace or every this. Okay, I can kind of see where you were trying to go with that and it's a nifty idea. But, yeah, goats... <laughs> The second listen through, I kind of had the same. It was like, all right, let's let's get into it and see where we go with it. And I liked it better the second time through. It's still one that, I mean, it's 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 no Orbis. <laughs> I know how much you like that one, Glenn. Um, it's it just more it, anthropomorphic. More, yeah. It just it kind you of do falls. an audio. You don't have to. You, you don't, don't yeah. have to anthropomorphize an animal species for your alien species. <sighs> it's Sorry. Um, no. It's, Go on. It makes quicker descriptions though. <laughs> He's a walking, talking goat. Go. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to go into great detail of what this alien being is that you've never seen before. But you have no budget for special effects because you don't need it. <laughs> Special effects are in my mind. Paint a picture for me. Don't tell me it's a goat. But that was the picture. <laughs> There's your picture. Sorry, go ahead. He had horns. <laughs> and I imagine a little, you know. Oh, yeah. The, I saw the, the whole Billy, the whole gruff, Billy Goat Gruff the whole way, yeah. Um, yeah, if you're going to do anthropomorphized goats, why not do Billy Goat Scrub? Why not do something that's steeped in the lore of Billy Goats? <laughs> uh, you know... I think that's what I yeah, expected from the title. Stuff. Yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah, the the yeah. devil is, oh, it's the, the story. That, and no, it turns out it's just an alien stranded on Earth who happens to be a goat race. Right, okay. Right. You know, the, I don't know, the, something along those lines. The birth lines. of paganism and the, sure. the, the goat symbols in that. Yeah, absolutely. I can but, get behind that. Yeah. But just, no, we're just, we came to Earth. We started a theater. 
<laughs> That's the other thing is I, yeah, it, it was so random that and they it, they God bless them they tried really hard to to address the fact why they you know, would make a little money off of it. It was just real, really weird that it was it just pays the bills. Yeah. <laughs> and and Doc Barack just. He's so vaudevillian. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. Even I, uh, at the, the end, the performance was good. Don't get me wrong. No, I appreciated great, the performance. But yeah, we're escaping. The Nazis are shooting everybody in the theater, and he gets up to make an announcement on stage, and it's like, dude, really? <laughs> um, I think the impression they were shooting the theater patrons. No, they were. They were shooting at the. They cast. were shooting at the goats. Yeah, the goats, because they were viewing themselves. But yeah, and attacking. <laughs> well, Mama Goat was anyway. So. Doc Barak was played by Christopher Fairbank. He's the alien in Guardians of the Galaxy that Star-Lord tries to sell the orb to. Oh, okay. He's been well, He even looks like a ghost the shop owner with his, uh, Guardians with the, of the yeah, Galaxy. Really? Yeah. <laughs> alien 3, Batman. I mean, he's done a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, okay, yeah, no, I do recognize him. Now. I wouldn't have known the name, but I totally I know the face. He's yeah. a character. You, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, he's, an, he's an Alien 3. Yeah, that's what yes, he is. That means this is his second time working with Paul McGann. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I, oh. Forgot, oh. I forgot he was in this. I forgot he was in that. <laughs> nice. We must be desperate for things to talk about if we're going this far into the... <laughs> so I, I thought <laughs> They were in Alien 3 together. Aside from the goats aspect in the first half, I rather enjoyed the mystery of it. Uh, there's this theater. They're killing this guy over and over. How are they doing it? Why is why are they trying to get the TARDIS? I found all of that interesting. But I sort it's, of figured it unravels in the I second half. I sort of figured that they were. Well, I I was under the impression that it was an illusion. I didn't realize they had a regeneration machine, but I had a feeling it had something to do with what did he call it? Qua, uh, the quadrograms, Quad- because that's what the. Uh, Ferris wheel was out there right. that, that just yeah. immediately showed up, and I do like. I did think it was funny that the doctor was a bit confused and thought the TARDIS is must have kicked in. It's a chameleon search, but what? Or it's, uh, it's chameleon circuit, but why would it be a? Or not, not a, car, a Ferris wheel carousel. Why would it be a carousel? I was like, yeah, that's a good point. That's quite inconspicuous. No, it's not. It's right in the middle of, of, of Nazi occupied Paris. And, <laughs> What's not going to draw attention to uh, this? Oh, a carousel. No, that's not. <laughs> I thought that was funny that he just he went there originally and it was like, no, wait a minute. That's not where it gets big. Yeah. Well, and the, the added bonus of that is as a longtime Who fan, you think back on all the times they've used the chameleon circuit. It's like, <laughs> it's never been inconspicuous. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, that's true. That's true. Every time. Now, the very first time it lands and gets stuck as a police box, maybe that would have worked. But I don't believe it was a police box in in Totter's Lane. Even though the doctor says it hasn't changed. I, I, you don't I, think it was a police box in Totter's Well, I, I don't think that I was. Think it the, was. I don't think it was, that was the first landing. I don't, oh, no, think, no, no, I don't no. think it looked around I, no, and all no, the no, junk no, no, and went police no, no. box. No, I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, I that think was his it, first thing he made a short hop. I think he no, made a I short hop. So I think yeah. it yeah. popped into the junkyard and, and either mimicked a police box already in the uh, yard or knowing that the, this time police boxes were being decommissioned and ended up in junkyards. And so that's why I just. Yeah, I, 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 I think he'd, you know, maybe they even landed on the street and it was a police box and they pushed it into the junkyard. I'd even buy that before yeah, I thought no, I that he just went. So anytime we as fans have seen it use the chameleon circuit, it's been, no. <laughs> <laughs> that, that doesn't 
that doesn't go there and then have it you know well why would it be why wouldn't it be <laughs> come on why would it be a merry-go-round on the, on the flip side it wasn't though because that yeah. wasn't it and it had disguised itself as a column which right. did blend in yeah. and yeah. so i was i was a bit surprised by that i was like oh okay and in fact the doctor going to it and saying well there's two columns here that are exactly the same what's the point of the other column Aha! Uh-huh. It's been which one is the it? It's the one yeah. with the old ones. Yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah. So. The one with the outdated versions. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I, I like the fact that he called attention to going to get captured again. And yeah. He got yeah. captured, escaped, and had to go get captured again, as opposed to just having him get captured again. Yes. I liked all that. Yeah. Paul McGann was, was wonderful, that was as always. Oh, Paul uh, and uh, uh, Sheridan Smith. Yeah, Sheridan Smith was really good in this, too. Yeah. The, the performances of this were, were good. I enjoyed the performances of... Uh, I mean, that's why I'm not giving this the horn or the blonde or really because even the goat people did a good job being goat people. Well, yeah, I guess I just kept. What was the guy on uh, Saturday Night Live used to goat boy? That's just uh, that's all I kept picturing. You know what I'm talking about? I can't remember. Is Chris Kattan? Is that who did it? I don't oh, remember yeah, who, I who so. it was yeah. that did it all the time. I mean, I, no, it wasn't Chris Kattan. Anyway, whoever the actor was, he wasn't on there for very long. But he, I just kept picturing Goat Boy every time they did. Every time I heard somebody bray, and I was like, ah. Uh, uh, not Bray. I think it also, like like you said, Keith, the, the the mystery part was kind of cool. But then we also had the Nazis looking for the TARDIS <laughs> bit, and then we had except for they were more Corporal Klinger and uh, <laughs> Schultz than they were scary <laughs> Nazis, Nazis. You know what I mean? Now I did think it was interesting, and I wish they'd have gone more with it. There was that drop line by the one Jim major, Brewer. yeah, Jim Brewer. The, but there was one guy that was the. Uh, Major who uh, or Ermior, um that uh, he said that was it. You know, he the reason he, I, the motivation between behind him wanting to find the uh, disguised aircraft or camouflage so, aircraft, I, can get out of so I could get out of here. Yeah, and I thought, yeah. oh, there's a nugget. What are they going to do with that? And they didn't do anything with it. I thought that was a that was a total missed opportunity. I mean, maybe if he shows up later. <laughs> it's just, just giving me the not, maybe. Not, not, I mean, not, not yet. <laughs> if he shows up later and they address that, then I think that was that would be a neat nugget. But that was completely a missed opportunity, in my opinion. I can't complain too much. Like I well, say, the, the performances resol- were done well enough yeah. that I I I enjoyed the ride a bit. But the resolution also seemed a little bit haphazard. It was quickly tied up in too much of a little bow, and I that that was another thing that bothered me. Drop everybody off of the planet. Forget what they've been doing all these years to this one guy. Let him, you know, at least that he got to, you know, go free as well and not have that burden anymore. Right. But everybody else kind of was rewarded for it. You know, I don't know. It's just, yeah. yeah. And to, to, are you going to revert back to, you know, pacifistic vegetable eating things just because you've been dropped back on your planet that has been reverted back to all of its vegetation and everything? I Although they were hunting and killing things before they went to Earth. So. Yeah, but that's just it. Because yeah. they had evolved to that, right. they're, gonna, so they're not going to immediately de-evolve. No, yeah. I don't know. It's an easier than, you know, we're not going to leave you here with... This. Well, I'm glad they didn't leave them on Earth. Yeah, yeah. don't get me wrong. We're not, not going to leave you here to continue to kill people on stage that you've lured into your trap with your, your time travel tractor beam. But we are going to leave the time travel tractor beam in the hands of the Nazis. Even though nobody will believe him. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that was another thing. That, that's another I thing. Don't know about that. that was another thing that, that didn't set well with me too. I would agree with that. Again, although that I had that nugget well back in my head though the... that maybe they were going to bring this guy back later, and oh, darn. 
I'm not going to say they don't. I just not that I'm aware of yet. Oh, okay. It, I mean, and it does kind of fit into that idea of, you know, I believe that there's hydros founded because of a nugget of truth that they were investigating, trying to find some sort of paranormal stuff, the Nazis. So that kind of lends into that, feeds that idea of they were trying to find any old they could. You're not trying to fit this into the Marvel Universe. You're no. just trying to use that as an example of yes. just the same as right. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Or, yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah, right. yeah. That was just the most recent. Well, that was certainly uh, true. They I were certainly. Yeah, Hitler was a, a nut. Yeah, for he, was, yeah. he was an occult nut, but he didn't let anybody know that because the well, occult was bad. So. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I would agree. I said, I, I think it's very much, you know, fell down in the execution. The, but the, the, the idea, the original idea, okay, I could see maybe this would be something cool. And then you wrote it, and it's like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> Points for effort. I give you that. I agree with you on that. But I, I, was... I, I did enjoy it more the second time out. It's still weird. <laughs> I don't think I could listen to it a second time, at least well, anytime been, soon. When did we start the podcast? Seven years ago now? Yeah. It's been that long. So. Okay. <laughs> Maybe in seven. Maybe years. in seven years I can maybe, revisit. Maybe it. in seven years you come back to it and be like, "Yeah, it's not so bad. It's still weird." <laughs> so Mother Baroque was Samantha Bond. Really? Yeah. What a outstanding supporting cast to be. In Which, such if a you don't know who story. she is, that's Money Penny from the Brosnan years of James Bond, and, and she also was in the Sarah Jane, the first Sarah Jane adventure. As um, I don't remember her character's Mrs. name. Mrs. Wormwood. Yeah, Mrs. Wormwood. She was in Invasion of the Bane and Enemy of the Bane, so she yes. appeared twice. Oh, that's right. I forgot she returned. So. Huh. Stellar, <laughs> stellar cast. Good casting. Just too bad they didn't have better material to work with. Again, they all did a fine job performing it. Just. <clears throat> I don't know. I kind of enjoyed the maybe because it's Paul McGann. We, we've had so many doctor stories set in German occupied wherever you know dealing with Nazis well there, there was just that sixth doctor one with Iris that I, I thought it was kind of going in that more cabaret direction than the Moulin Rouge direction that it kind of wound up going in hmm. and we've had a seventh doctor with Colditz well yeah I mean, we we, uh, we that wasn't France, but well, but where, where, he meant Germany. Yeah, yeah wherever Germany. we are that we're dealing with Nazis, it's always bad. Well, it's yeah. all it's always the doctor's like, oh god, we've got to get out of here, and the doctor never says that. No, and maybe it's because it's Paul McGann, but for him to come in and go, huh, and then pull an Indiana Jones Nazi with it, where they are kind of goofus and gallant versus <laughs> bit bumbling. You know, and, and it's Paul again, so he gets a little he, bit he more does. of a slide. He, he, also, he, he gets so he totally gets <laughs> his, his stories get a little bit more of a pass. Wait, it's like, yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't dare pull the same trick on you twice. <laughs> <laughs> and he bought it. <laughs> okay, sorry. That's all right. No, no. I'm just chomping at the bit to move on because I, the next story on the contrary, loved. Well, let's move on. The cannibalists. The haven hangs in space, a vast star city, devoid of life. Organic life, that is. From the high spire looking out over silent streets and empty plazas, the assemblers are waiting for the day when the humans arrive. Waiting. 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 When the TARDIS brings the Doctor and Lucy to the haven, it seems like the assemblers' long wait might be over. Living beings, without batteries, protocol be praised. Except... 
they're headed for the lower levels. They don't want to do that. That's where the cannibalists live. And if the cannibalists catch them, well, they won't be living beings much longer. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, I quite enjoyed this. this I did a good too. Story. Very good story. This was another one coming off of Goats. That when I listened to it the first time, I just saw the title and went, Cannibalists. Ah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what do you got for me? And then they were robots, and it was like, ooh. Robotic yeah. cannibalists. That was just, and I fell for whatever they threw at me at that point. It yeah. was like, okay, they totally had me in love with this one. Yeah, and it, I, I had this in my mind just because of the kind of, it was almost, uh, it was almost on the verge of kind of humorous uh, robots, kind of maybe clunky. I kind of thought of, from the movie Robots, you know, I kind of thought about. Yeah. Also, I kind of pictured, um well, Titus uh, almost sounded uh, pirate esque. Yeah, well, I almost I I kind of to me they came across like well specifically the 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 servos, uh, not well not servo but the the other two. What were the other robots? They had like they were they were they were servo robots, but they weren't the the main guy that the poet. The assemblers. The assemblers. That's what I was looking for. Yeah, I the assemblers. I I just I had in mind kind of almost um, oh shoot what are the robots from the black hole. Bob and Vincent mm-hmm. and almost just kind of that look of face, but maybe they had, you know, maybe longer spindlier arms and legs. Uh, of course, you know, Bob and Vincent floated around, but uh, just maybe with actual either uh, wheelie mechanics or whatever. I just kind of had that kind of a goofy, fun looking robot look to them, not necessarily too, you know, uh, modern sci-fi or kind of sleek and design, you know, that kind of stuff. And and I think what led to that was the fact that the description of the surroundings was old and rustic and and, yeah. and kind of, you know, broke down and, and run down. Um, interesting, too, that they had only been around, they claimed to only have been around for about 50 years, <laughs> but the doctor keen into the, look, this place looks like it's been, yeah, this is way too run down for only be 50 years old. So, So for me, they... They, they, the images that conjured in my mind were more along the lines of because of Titus, and that's kind of the introduction to this world that we had, uh, were the robot pirates from Ratchet and Clank. Have you guys seen those? I they kind of look like a more of a hodgepodge, and they're kind of grungy. And Yeah, I've played a little bit of Ratchet and They're, they're from the PS3 version, yeah, the, new, the new ones. If you go look them up, they're kind of... They're, robot pirates but they're yeah. they're kind of a bit more a hodgepodge of how they're put together well you get the impression too that that's these robots were because especially they the were cannibalists. they were taking especially the parts from other robots and, and utilizing them so for, for me it was a cross between you, you hit it with robots the movie those kind of you know bolt oops bolt eyes and uh you know actual bits and bobs hanging off of them and uh <laughs> any of the uh Oh, like hedonism bot from Futurama. Oh, sure, yeah. It, any yeah. any of that style yeah. bender, yeah. Yeah. you know, yep. that kind of thing. Like, yeah, this yeah. is this is where we're going with that. So Certainly. that's that was in my head. But uh, except for men, men was uh, yeah. not men. Men is a large, pristine white robot to yep. me. <laughs> a bit bloxy, sleek design. Yeah, no, that's that was men for me. Yeah. Men for me. Possibly glowing. Minerva. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Kind of the, that blue light down the middle mm-hmm. here, you know. <laughs> Good. I'm glad we're all on the same yeah. page with Minuet's design. Yeah, absolutely. Or Minerva. Minerva, yeah. Minerva. <laughs> and just the, it, it, 
it was maybe a bit crass humor, but <laughs> the robots recognizing Lucy's protrusions, <laughs> two protrusions, <laughs> unusual protrusions. I thought that was oh, yeah. That, that was a that got a little giggle out of me too. Okay. <laughs> so this is written by Jonathan Morris. Um, so no, so no surprise we liked it. No surprise. No that surprise we liked, we liked it. it exactly. Um, also responsible for Blood Tide and Flip Flop from the uh, main Doctor Adventures that we have listened to, uh, and from the Eighth Doctor line, Max Warp, which is one of my favorites. Which I remember you weren't a big fan uh, of initially, no, but you I kind was, of warmed yeah, to it. Yeah, I warmed to it. It was, I, I I appreciated the fact that they that was the one where they were making fun of Top Gear. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I I appreciated it for that. Yeah. Demos. Yeah. Hot House. With the return of the uh, uh, the crinoid. Yep. Okay. Uh, and then uh, from the fourth Doctor Adventures, the antimatter. And uh, apparently his uh, he's his, written a couple novels too. He, he's he written a couple touched novels. Touched by an angel. There's which much, I liked a lot. Much more audio. He's he's been very very proficient, uh, prolific in the, uh, the the big finish audio. So we've got many many more of his work coming. But uh, apparently he's been described as uh, Douglas Adams esque. Yeah, and I kind of—I don't think the humor is quite I don't there, think but the, the ideas are similar. Yeah. It's it's they're they're in visionary style. I think they yeah. certainly are. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. The other thing that made me even more pleasantly like this story, and it was kind of an aftermath thing when they were—I I listened to some of the interviews at the end. One of the characters, in fact, the one that played Servo, is Phil Jupitus, which is one of my favorite British comedians, who is current, who is. I don't know if uh, Buzzcox is still a um, show over there, but he was a uh, panel host on. Uh, um, oh, never mind the. Buzz never mind. Thank you. Never mind the Buzzcox, and he frequently joins the panel on uh, QI. So he's on quite a few panel shows over there, but he does other stuff. He's obviously a comedian, but I've always enjoyed him for years too since I discovered him. So. Hmm. Um, but yeah, to hear that that's who that was, I was like, wow, another Doctor Who connection to somebody else that I had no idea had a Doctor Who connection. <laughs> I really liked Servo. And I I had completely forgotten the fact that he'd given Minerva that command of do not touch Servo's brain. And so when they wiped everybody, I was rather disappointed and sad that we lost Servo. And then as soon as he started talking at clicked in my brain of like oh yeah <laughs> i was a little i was a little bummed because as I, I i as it was happening leading up to the big we're gonna wipe everybody i had a moment of remembering i wonder if that command that the doctor gave minerva will matter now and so when he did wake up i thought okay well i saw i must have seen that coming so because it it i was reminded of it as the action was ramping up but mm-hmm. i hadn't thought about it until they got to the point where because mm-hmm. my other thought was they were going the either the doctor was going to do something in that moment to make sure he didn't get wiped or so they were going to they were going to figure out a different way to do it but as servo continues to go on with that and isn't backing down and then titus comes in and decides to do it as well I, it, just, it it kind of popped in my head that well i wonder if that command's going to carry and what a great twist that yeah titus of all people's one yeah there's nobody worth nobody left to kill why not it's a bit surprising <laughs> to me too yeah wait, wait a minute <laughs> see you next time around boys and you're standing there going what oh okay <laughs> Well, he suddenly realizes that, yeah, what the, what the stakes are, and they really aren't that bad for him because it's all going to happen again. So. 
Can you imagine when the humans do finally show up to the star city <laughs> and encounter this new race of robots that are all learning poetry <laughs> and nothing's ready and nothing works? It'll be a little bit like um, It'll be the, the, the emoji bots. The emoji bots. Yeah, yeah, smile. The, yeah, smile. <laughs> oh, now I wonder if they maybe stole a little bit of uh, stole a little bit of this for smile. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Could be. At least some ideas from it. So Titus was played by Phil Davis, who was also in Fires of Pompeii. Right. And he's been in so much British television. Yeah. Oh, I couldn't okay. remember yeah. what the, and Sherlock. What? Yeah, he's been Sherlock. I couldn't remember what the character's name was, but I remember it's Lucius when I, Petrus Dex. That's it. Because as soon as I heard the name, I thought I know this one, and I looked him up yeah. too, and I and went, "Oh, I thought okay, they like, both sounded familiar when I heard the yeah. names." Well, and. and uh, Phil Jupitus, when he was talking, I didn't recognize his voice at all. Oh, I didn't recognize But when Phil Jupitus no. was talking, I thought, oh, he sounds familiar, but I thought I was an actor I'd heard in other big finish, and it wasn't until I heard Phil Jupitus. So, yeah. I just a lot love, of fun. It's just I, I just love the idea audio. of the story. Yeah, I The do fact too. that it's this society that has evolved, or this society waiting for people, but the robots have evolved so far as they keep rebooting the system and the fact that they had done it so many times that the memory is still in there somewhere and it keeps stepping forward and that's what i thought was a nice moment when the doctor's kind of trying to find out why is has this happened before and not only had it happened once before it had happened several times before and that was that was the neat reveal for me was wow this this just keeps happening and then the add-on is the you know it's this little bit of code in the in the programming that's gone wonky and then then you hear the fact that it was corrupted by somebody at one point and that's what's causing it too and it's such a dropped line that you almost miss it if you're Mm -hmm. not paying close enough attention and so then the implication that yes it is it's not just that we're going to reboot it and there will be another race of robots because they're going to be here forever and evolve they're going to evolve to this point yeah again and again and again and again right right which in just the start of the story of there's robots on the lower levels cannibalizing other robots. That's just the start of a fantastic story in general. <laughs> yeah. That just gets you at go. I would agree. Now, were there three assembly robots? Because I swore one of them ended up in the furnace. And I believe then, so. It must have been three then. Because I thought there were only two. One ends up in the service in the furnace and then when the doctor comes to rescue them and opens the door, she's tell, he tells Lucy, bring your friends. And so then there's two that come with them again, and there's two of them again. And I thought, well, one of them ended up in the furnace. What happened there? But there must have been three. There were three originally. Oh, okay. Yeah. So then I missed. I thought there were only two originally. Weren't and there? I couldn't figure out why. There, there were three. Why two of them were still there. So there was three. Okay. I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't realize that. I think there are technically only... Six robots in the entire story. No, eight in the ro- story, eight, 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 you assume eight robot there voices. Be, there are. You more. must assume there are other robots. There are more, on but this station, yeah, there, there's yeah. only the voice of eight. Although robots in the story. maybe not, not counting because Minerva. the cannibalists have been going through and <laughs> yeah, killing them, but yeah. cannibalizing them. So <laughs> now I, I just. I don't even. I, I want to say so much more about this story, but it, it's just there's not a lot to it. But it's so much fun, and a great premise. And I I just enjoyed the ride on it. I mean, f- fun is probably the key factor because it's, it's 
it does have a great premise. And it, I mean, the premise in and of itself is pretty deep when you think about it. Yeah, yeah. You know, but we're not going to get into the philosophical debates of, of, of robot evolution. We're just going to deal with the, yeah, it's happened. It's going to happen again. Let's wipe everybody. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, and Well, and the fact that they leave it with Servo going to teach them how to, you know, grow beyond this and the fact that it's essentially the beginning of a new species kind mm-hmm. of like the smile robots were the beginning of a new species also it's kind of the same idea and again it, it comes down to only the eighth doctor oh yeah because it feels like any of the other doctors would have dealt with it in a vastly different way or maybe tried to understand it more or you know blown it up or you know, <laughs> whatever <laughs> And the eighth doctor is the one that's just kind of going to roll with it and go, yeah, teach him poetry. Very much in character for the eighth doctor, too. So. Yeah. Yeah. Just as much fun for me the second time around. So that, that, was, that was a pleasant surprise. All right. Well, Sean, what have we got coming up on the schedule? Well, coming up on the schedule is some more big finish. We're going to take a look at uh, another main range story, Year of the Pig which if I remember correctly is a seventh Doctor tale. I believe you're right. Uh, and then uh, we're going to get into the joys and miseries and sorrows and <laughs> all the devastation of the Daleks master plan. And yes, the schedule is in progress of being put together. It just didn't get uploaded yet. Oh, it just so. occurred to me. I forgot to check. Make sure you got that file on the um, Dalek master plan plan. Mm, so, so yeah, we'll, uh, we'll get that over So the, the, the plan for the Dalek master plan plan is to... Uh, let you all in on the Dalek Master Plan. <laughs> <laughs> we will plan to do that. We'll take what about? Oh, I think it's going to take about a month, pretty much. Yeah. I think, I think almost weeks, a month. I think is what, is what we, we decided. Yeah, we broke it into four four weeks. So, yeah, it's coming. In fact, uh, we'll let you know next week for sure. So, mm-hmm. all right. Anything else that we want to cover this time uh, before we move on, close out the show? If not, that's going to do it for this time. Until next time, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Au revoir. Excuse me. That was his best French. (laughs) That's all I can do. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.